0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Nick Zerply podcast. Unzerped, we are brought to you today by Keystone Nutrition. That is www.keystonenutrition.com. Keystone's carefully crafted meals developed to take the effort out of living a healthy lifestyle. Brings you a one-stop shop for all your weekly dietary needs. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain weight, or pack on lean muscle, Keystone will customize a nutrition plan uniquely for you because after all, what is a fine-tuned machine without the right keys? And basically what Team uh, Keystone Nutrition does is they deve- they'll develop a me- meal plan for you. So they'll do it either weekly or monthly, and you can call them, email them, and they have there are three guys that started at Rutgers University, with uh, with degrees in um, sports nutrition and nutritional science, I believe. And the guy they started out of their kitchen at Rutgers, and now it's boomed into a business out of North Brunswick.
1: Wait, so are these guys actually cooking the food, by the way? Yeah,
0: yes. Yeah, so. They came to my, my building, The View, and they brought uh, chicken parm, protein pancakes with a low-carb uh, maple syrup, uh, like maple syrup basically, and the food is great. And what they'll do is it, you can call them up and say, I want I want to eat five times a day. I want to keep my met- metabolism going. Right. So they'll cook you 25 meals for five days, or they'll cook you 35 meals for seven days, and you can live entirely off of their meals. They come directly to your door. Uh, they're working on a refrigeration system because right now the problem that they're having is you need to be there to get the food. You can't leave it with the doorman, but everything comes in Tupperware and they give you heating instructions, whether if you want to use a microwave at work or an oven at home, and it, the food's great.
1: Wait, so where do they deliver? Is it just Manhattan, New Jersey, or
0: they deliver in the immediate tri-state areas? What they said when I asked them, but if uh, if you visit them on www.teamkeystonenutrition.com. Um, and I can also give you their uh, one of the owner's cell phones numbers off air, okay. and you can uh, text them directly. So, and if you enter Nick ten N I C K one zero when you're filling out your order, you will get ten dollars off your first uh, installment of meals. So, we are we are joined today by Rachel Russo and Steve. Uh, a little bit about Rachel: she's an MS MFT, dating and relationship coach, matchmaker, image consultant, author, and speaker. With a master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Iona College, a BA in psychology from Rutgers University, and a certification as international relationship coach, Rachel has worked in the dating industry for nine years and has published two books as well as counten- countless blogs. And for Steve, Steve is a native New Yorker, moved here about, would you say, Steve, 10 years ago?
1: Yeah, right around 2001. And um, my qualification list is. Um not nearly as impressive as Rachel's. I don't even know why I'm here, actually, after hearing your qualifications, but that's okay.
2: He's just being modest. It's have, actually very impressive. I have
1: things to say.
0: Yeah, and we were talking a little bit about um, dating before the podcast, and I, I have an interesting story. I'm, I'm engaged now, so Lauren, if you're listening, please don't kill me. But uh, yeah, I had a, I made a bet with a, with a friend of mine. While he was in college, I was in the Navy. We had determined that we had slept with the same number of girls. And it was a very, it was a, it was a low number. And we, oh,
1: you're not going to tell us <laughs> what the number was? Uh, the number at the
0: time was 10.
1: Okay. So the, the number that he describes as low is, is perhaps maybe, and I won't reveal, uh, equivalent to what my current number might be. And I'm sure I'm much older than you were at the time. So
0: I was 20 at the time. Okay, so I, yeah, I, I lost my Virginia at 17 and uh, by the time I was in my second year, I was uh, my, towards the the tail end of my first year in the Navy, I had had sex with 10 people, and that number quickly rose to 50, and then we had made a bet, the first one to get to 100 wins. Well, something interesting happened along the the way where, and I'm not trying to get too dark or too deep with you, but my my father suffers from addiction. He's he's on-and-off alcoholic, uh, suffered with different types of addiction through the years, uh, he, I actually want to have him on the podcast because he is such an interesting guy. I talked about on one of the earlier podcasts, him and his friends after high school in 1969, they hitchhiked across America and did peyote in the desert. And wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's he's such an interesting guy. He has a great story to tell. And I think he's been really, he's been so good lately. And I think he's really looking for a voice or a place to voice what's, what goes on in his head. You know what I mean? Well, I never suffer from addiction in terms of, substances I, I never was never an issue for me i mean maybe co- normal college or navy binge drinking wh- what we define as normal or what i define as normal may not be uh what other people define as normal but it's you know typical going out on the weekends and i'm not saying i was addicted to sex but i noticed and and steve brought this up when we were going through the, the list that i had that he noticed a pattern and i noticed a pattern too and it wasn't necessarily the look of the girl but it was the personality of the girl where it was almost filling a hole that I had. And I can't really put my, I, I'm not qualified to talk in terms of psychology, but I could almost feel that it would go through patterns where if I was missing something, I would use that as a vice. And I originally wanted to start, the re- reason I have that list and all those sub-paragraphs is because I originally wanted to write little short stories about them, not use their names, not use their ages or where they were from. but almost as a reflection on what I was going through while these relationships were happening. And I thought about publishing that as a – not maybe not necessarily as a book, but uh, what was that guy's name? Max something?
1: Oh, yeah, Max Tucker. Right? Max
0: Tucker. He wrote, he wrote all those ridiculous stories about his sexcapades. And at the time when that book came out, I thought, wow, I, I have – I can – Instantly ride his coattails because my my stories are ridiculously out of control because there was a lot of fun involved in in these types of relationships, but in terms of in terms of looking back as an adult, there, there was some darkness to it, and I, I think I think the way it all ties together, uh, something could definitely be written, up. and I still want to write it. The problem is though, I'm engaged now, and I don't want to public publicly put out there all of those stories for my future wife and family members to read. So
2: wow, I have to say something, Nick. Yeah, because I totally relate to this. I mean, as you probably know, I did that reality dating blog yeah, I, I, several years ago. So Yeah, we
0: made we made a mutual we had a mutual friend out of that.
2: We did. And I actually went on 92 dates in a year and blogged about them. And I did it the way that you would do it if you ever do this, in being that I had nicknames for everyone. But sometimes people find out, and I have that same fear. My future person that I'm going to marry, are they going to read this and be like, wow. you know? Because you start to learn things about patterns and types that you're drawn to, and it really does tell a story. But maybe you should think about doing it. I think you'd learn a lot about yourself, and it'd be really interesting, like you were saying about the personality type. I'm just curious, like, what was the personality type of that girl? It would really come out if you did a blog.
0: Yeah, I, I thought about it, and I, it's something I'm going to look into. Something else I also have to bring up. I am still active duty Navy, and I don't want some of these stories. What, what is it called when a writer has a free pass to? Because, like, for instance, if you're reading GQ and a guy says, "I did a an eight ball of cocaine" or something like that, well, he can't be arrested because it's for, it's for artistic purposes or something like that. I don't think. This is that is true? true? I think there. <laughs> I think. I, I, well, I'm glad I have, I have my iPad. We can for a Google reason. this. I'm, I'm gonna look that up because yeah. I know there's there's times where I've. I've listened to people talk about their books or, or even their articles, and they have this, there's this some kind of, you can't prove it because you, just because you wrote about it doesn't mean it's necessarily well, I, true.
1: I think probably the view is that if you're writing something, somebody might take artistic or literary freedom, and it can, maybe it can't be used as evidence for, like, asserting the truth of the matter of something, right, because you're talking about it. And it might be an exaggeration or it might be an interpretation or whatever. So I think that's probably what you're talking about,
0: but... Well, and it's kind of like one of those things where when you – I also don't want heat on me. I don't want to talk about something negative that happened in my past while it was during my Navy tenure and then someone listen, and then have them – have a certain look maybe look at me a little differently for promotion not uh, and i just want to say not that i ever did anything terribly bad it's just i don't want a bad perception of me right now while i'm trying to still climb the i think ladder you should wait it,
2: like 10 or 15 years well, well <laughs> i I,
0: t- I hit my 12 year anniversary on october 29th Congrats. but you should
1: write it right now while you still remember it though yes oh, but gosh. i do have some questions for you about yeah, like, this entire endeavor so like you started off doing a bet with a guy and you were a young guy at the time and the span of uh, the time in which you were trying to reach a hundred was several years, and you probably matured and became kind of a different person during those years. So, first of all, I want to know, like, when you first made the bet, and you were saying, like, okay, first to hundred. First of all, what was a winner supposed to get? Got, oh,
0: okay. Well, originally it was, I think it was the fifty, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to backpedal here. I really don't remember. That was the least important part of the of what we from a perspective, my perspective now, that was the least important part of it. I think I went to go visit a friend at college, and we had just kind of talked about it. And I think I, I cock, cockily, is that where it I, yeah. Arrogantly. Arrogantly said, I I can hit 50 before you can. Got it, okay. And it was, and for me, it was, well, I'll be traveling in the Navy. I'll be bouncing around from different city to city. I'll be overseas. Whereas you, you already have a uh, air, you have a relationship with the people that you grew up with back in your hometown where they know your story and then you also are making a name for yourself at college it was a small school that the kid went to and I can reinvent myself everywhere I go every city I touch See. down in so for me I had an advantage and then I also I was so confident I was so I it didn't matter uh, what kind of car I was driving or how much hair I had in my head or if I had a six-pack or not, I was just so confident in the way that I could talk to people and instantly relate to almost any girl uh, that I came across. That it made it the conversation made it easy. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a hundred percent success rate. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there was, I mean, I probably struck out nine times out of ten. But I was just so persistent. I think, and we, it, it, because of the bet, it became yeah. this almost like a game.
1: Well, I mean, but so the other question I wanted yeah, to ask that, you is like when you're starting off and you're thinking about this bet. It's pretty much like two young knuckleheads saying, like, okay, I think I can sweep more people than you can. And it's an ego type thing. But you got a lot older. It went over uh, several years and you became a, probably more perceptive of other people, more aware of yourself, and more maybe even vulnerable. So I'm just curious, like, as it went on, did it come to mean something different? Because you still had the goal, but at the same time, like, your experience with each person probably wasn't just about, like, okay, this is raw physical sex but like as you said maybe it means something to like you know almost occupy another person's space uh in that intimate area and do it with so many different types of people and i was looking at your list and i thought it was so interesting because i mean it's i normally if i saw something like this i would think like okay here's just this guy and he's got this list of conquests but then if you start really looking at the pictures you see like wow like three women in a row they have the exact same expression on their face what's that about three women in a row after that they have the same style like what's that about so there's something happening there even though like normally somebody would say this is like kind of a crude thing like psychologically i think there's more than that was going on and i i don't actually think that you're just this superficial dude who is doing um you know this this frat boy competition
0: i think it became something i was good at because let's go back to grammar school, high school. I wasn't, I was a B student, right? I ran, I was decent at basketball. I mean, I didn't make the traveling team, so that means I wasn't too good at that. I-
2: What do they know? What do they know? <laughs> but, right,
0: right, but, uh. that was so sweet, thank you. You're welcome. But, uh, and then I, I go into high school and once again b student you know 3.2 gpa ran cross country and track i wasn't a football star i wasn't a baseball star i wasn't the most popular kid in school but i also wasn't a a a dork or i I don't know I, i i wasn't a socialite but i also didn't have one or two friends i was friends with just about everybody and then we i recreate my my image as I go into the Navy because it's a fresh start. I'm 18 years old and I'm this kid from New Jersey who's living in DC now. I'm not going to college, so I have this complete break from all my friends that are going to, you know, UPenn and Rutgers and Syracuse. I'm the only one that joined the Navy. And I started, I don't know, I'm I'm trying to go somewhere with this. And what I'm trying to say is, when I realized I was very good at getting to meet women, it became almost like a security blanket, I think, where I knew I was good at it. I knew if I went to a bar, if I went to a party, if I met a girl through friends, it it wasn't just about the sex. It's just that sex is something that culminated because of these relationships that I was building. And it's just like i said as i got older it just became something i was good at and and to go even a little deeper when i wasn't with uh, my current fiance and we weren't dating and i was single i was i spent a lot of time alone a lot of my friends were like i said either in college or or starting their first job out of high school well when they were starting their first jobs out of high school i had already been working for four or five years in my career and i had planned to make it make it a career so you know we said earlier that I'll, i'll turn 20 i'll turn 30 Next month, I also hit my 12 year mark in the Navy. Eight more years and I'm retired, you know, from the Navy that is. So it just became this thing where if I didn't have a lot of friends, let's say all my coworkers were married and I wasn't a part of some other type of social group, it almost was this fallback of, well hey, I can go out, I can meet women. Uh, That is so
1: interesting. I think it's so interesting. I'd be curious to see what you think about that, Rachel. But like, okay, so from where I'm sitting, like I don't really know that much about you. You know, we met recently. But when you're telling me the story, Um, you know, when you're sleeping with this many people, of course part of it's just about the enjoyment of sex, but it's funny, like universally, no matter where you go, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, if you are good with women, if you have sex with women, you're comfortable with them, you instantly gain respect. You instantly have an identity and you instantly, I think regardless of whether you're talking to someone who's professionally more accomplished than you are, he's gonna look at you and he's gonna say like, all right, this guy, he's somebody who I can look eye to eye with, or is this guy I can admire and respect?
0: Yeah, and it happened. Uh, when I was single, I was at my second tour of duty. I was stationed here in New Jersey, or back in New Jersey, and I was in uh, Colts Neck, and my boss was much older than I was. He was 20 years my senior, and somehow, someway, we got on this conversation of meeting women, and he had just recently married someone 12 years his junior, and we, we, we basically got into this conversation, but not as in-depth. But I, he, I know I could see something in his eye when we were talking about it where he instantly, instantly had a respect for me. And to this day, we're friends. First of all, this guy is a captain select running a ship out of Japan. I mean, he, if you're talking talk about Navy, he is, he's one ring below an admiral, okay? And I started f- literally from the bottom, not to quote Drake, but I literally <laughs> started from the bottom as an E-nothing in the United States Navy. And we instantly... I had zero background that he could uh, identify with, but that conversation, the next time I saw him, we were at his house, he was pouring me a shot of Jack. and we instantly built a relationship off that. So I know exactly what you're saying. And even amongst friends, even amongst friends, it's still like a little when I started the podcast, we were out in Vegas and from a friend's uh, bachelor party back in April and I had ran into a friend I hadn't seen in such a long time his name is Jordan and he's out in LA trying to get his acting career going and we had the same conversation I, but I told it much differently I told it in the sense of the frat boy sense like the fun aspect and telling these incredible stories the first thing he emailed me when he t- found out about the podcast is we have to talk about those stories and the first thing I thought about was but it has such a different meaning to me now if I'm going to talk about it on air especially since I'm engaged you know I can't wait to get married and I don't want her to feel as though her relationship has been cheapened because other people know my my background Mm -hmm. but she knows everything when I say everything she knows maybe not the nooks and crannies of every single relationship, but she understands the number and who I was before we met. and. It, it's very interesting, and, I, and we could talk about online dating. I mean, i we can go on and on. But wait, so yeah.
1: Rachel, we
0: this is yes, like I'm, two dudes talking.
1: So
2: I'm yeah. dying to say something yeah, here. Come on,
1: is he messed up or what? Okay,
2: well, I mean, from a woman's perspective, it is a little hard for me to hear and sit and see uh, see the list. I feel like it's so objectifying to women, and obviously, I don't like that. And I hope I'm not on a list like that, but I very well maybe. Okay, um, so there's that. But as a professional. I think that there's something very fascinating about this psychologically because it's clear that it really became like a part of Nick's identity and in in the sense that like he felt like he could succeed at this like being really really good with women and having that confidence and that charisma and knowing like I got this if I want this and it's the challenge and like the thrill of the chase and everything but I'm sure you know it's so complex and he was getting like a lot more from it than just sex. So I could see how that would be appealing. And I mean, knowing you more in context than Steve does, I know that even as you're going through this at the time, there was like a depth to you too. So I feel like you're like, until now, like you're always a little bit of a hopeless romantic deep down. So I know that you weren't objectifying women and that you do respect women. So I could hear it, it's okay.
0: Yeah, no, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the support there, Rachel. But yeah, I am a hopeless romantic. And I think I, I think the whole the whole time I'm not saying I was looking for Miss Wright, because I, I don't think I I don't think I was. I mean I dated a lot of great women up until I met Lauren. But Lauren, she is just I don't want to go down that whole tangent and talk about my fiance and Eric, but she is she's incredible. I mean there's there's no there's I could talk for hours about how incredible she is and how she literally balanced me out and we talked about that right before the podcast how she's how i'm i'm pretty alpha and she she out alphas me at times and i appreciate that i
2: have to say from what i've heard they're a great match and i wish them the best
0: yeah yeah so let me ask you a question go ahead
1: These, these women who are on the list um do you think that uh there are a significant number of them who look at the experience they had with you in a really negative way or do you think that they all came away feeling like you know that was fun that was great that was enjoyable I'm glad I did that
0: other than the one-night stands which I never kept in touch with I don't I I can confidently say I don't have a bad relationship with one of them okay where even girls that I dated for let's say three four months and just had an an abrupt breakup for whatever reason I, I could if I were still single or if they were still single I think we could at least be friends in sense that we could be Facebook friends or we can text once in a while. Or if I was in their city, I could reach out to them and we can go grab a drink. And what's interesting is a lot of them know each other because a, a good amount of them were from where I grew up. And I actually remember one of them in the middle of sex saying, how many other people that I know have been here? And almost like if almost like it was a like a little urban legend or something. It, it was very – I mean, if the, it, it was a turn-on at the time. But it, let's <laughs> let's keep in mind really quick, a lo- I've been dating Lauren for four years. Uh, we had that little break in between. But most of the – I'd say all of those numbers were prior. So they were within a seven-year span. Right. And w- And I'm not trying to talk up the number. I'm not trying to – but I do want to say that I have been in a lot of relationships, like some that span three, four, five, six, nine months, a year. So a lot of them were in very concentrated areas. And I don't know, and I, I only bring that up because I, I wonder if also that plays a part in it. There, there I don't have d- specific dates, but I have it by year. But I remember 2005, I mean, it was very, very concentrated times, like within week spans, where things would happen, and then I would just, it would kind of die out. and. I, I don't know if that was just the stars aligning for me at those times or if it was my persistence.
1: Let me just put a bookmark in this because I think this is for a later podcast, but it's, do you think that you had the ability, because I know that there are a lot of guys who would be interested, uh, do you think that you would have the ability to distill and to explain like what you did that gave you all that success, or do you think it was just a feeling of confidence? Because let, let me tell people who can't see him, You know, he's a good-looking guy, but he's not, you know, he's not George Clooney, okay? And he has a nice energy, uh, but there's something else that's going on. So he figured out how to do it somehow, whether by intuition or by really unpacking it and thinking about it. So do you think you'd actually be able to tell somebody how to do it?
0: That's a great segue, because Rachel and I actually talked about this about four or five years ago. I don't know if you remember about going I thought about going on going out with other guys and coaching them on how to approach women and what to say and I'm glad I didn't do it because I know so much more five years later just about being a man that I could I could contribute way more to that conversation or I can contribute way more to somebody looking to do that but no I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's just me I think well let's, let's back up a little bit let's talk about confidence for a second being in the Navy gave me a lot of confidence because I had, I make a good living. I don't make an amazing living, but I'm, I've never not had money. I've never not driven a new car. I've never not lived in a nice apartment. And my mother growing up was extremely strict on being clean and neat. So when a girl would come back to my place, she was brought to a nice place for dinner or drinks. It wasn't. A dollar beer night on Tuesday with fifty cent wings. It was in a, a reasonably new car. It may not have been a BMW or Mercedes, but it was a new car. She went back to a place that was nicely furnished. And what I'm trying to say is, it, it's a it's an entire package of being of feeling confident. And those are things that made me feel confident. It, it they they were just things though. Did, do you know what I'm saying? They were just they just felt like things. But there's a lot of I mean, we're even talking about hygiene. I have incredibly good hygiene. I get my hair cut every week. I floss my teeth. If you have your hair cut every week, I do. It's oh, a waste of money.
2: I do think those things matter I have to say like a lot of guys they might not be you know the best personality or the most amazing looking guy or the richest guy but when they are polished and they know how to dress and they know how to take care of themselves I think it goes a long way with women and women can be forgiving too when it comes to looks as well you know I think that if a guy is treating them well like Nick is saying taking them somewhere nice treating them in a way that they feel like, "Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to a nice restaurant. His car is actually clean." That stuff goes a long
0: way. And it's something that I noticed um, even at because keep in mind. So, I'm 19, 20 years old, but I have a full-time job and I whereas I'm competing with college kids I who see, yeah. who don't have I mean, unless their parents are giving them their Amex or they're working a serious side job, they're they have enough money for beer and food. And then that's she about had an it.
2: advantage at a young age. I did. And, and that probably, incre- he was already confident, but it increased it more.
0: Exactly. that's what it was. And so when I'm 20, right, I remember I met this girl at College Park, Maryland. I said, do you want to go out on, you know, tomorrow night? And she's, she was in a sorority and she was like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess we can go somewhere. She's thinking I'm taking her to Wawa or Qdoba. <laughs> and I pick her up and I take her to a, a seafood restaurant that she's never been to before. So that, that I literally might have been the first guy to ever take her to dinner that wasn't a fast food restaurant or something within town that they could walk to. And what I noticed, especially in, because a lot of this was in my younger years, like I said, it was from 18 to 25, I noticed that I was a breath of fresh air where I wasn't, if they came back to my place, there wasn't six college frat dudes laying around with a smelly apartment. It was... Like I said, it, everything was clean. It was nice. It was, there was a bottle of wine in the fridge. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, a, another bookmark here, because I think this could also be a discussion for a later podcast or later in this discussion. Uh, the whole concept of being a breath of fresh air, I think it's really important to know. I mean, if you're out there dating and you want to be successful, it's important to know what is it that men or women are typically getting, right? And what can you present that's going to be refreshing in any respect? So in New York, people do a lot of dating and for example, they don't really pay attention to each other a lot, right? They're always off doing something, they're texting or they're really being informal about like, oh, you know, meet me here, my friends are gonna be here, you wanna meet up, like just through text. If you actually ask a woman out to a formal date, something people probably do in other parts of the country just as a matter of course, but doing it here and planning it out, making it special, actually can make it different and it can distinguish you from other people can make someone feel special. So whereas back then you were young and you were just taking them out to a nice dinner when they were used to going to like Wawa or whatever grocery store, um, you made yourself different. You made yourself stand out. You made them feel different. You made them feel special. But it doesn't have to just be in that context. It can be in any context because people deal with the same kind of bullshit, right? And women will complain about the same thing in New York or in other parts of the country, I'm sure they'll complain. They get the same kind of stuff. And you have to be aware of what's going on, you know, in order to, like, really make yourself seem like somebody who is special and can make them feel special.
0: I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. And, and I was just using the college atmosphere as an example of being picked up in a car and brought outside of the college area as being a breath of fresh air. But even when I was, you know, down, I was living in uh, off the western shore of the chesapeake bay which is a podunk town with a mcdonald's a subway and a a, a peebles which is like a bargain Peebles. i've never been there yeah peebles is a bargain rate like coals or oh. something but a bar- I, what's a bargain <laughs> rate <Sounds laughs> <Kohl's. I>
2: ladies <laughs> do not buy your first date outfits there <laughs> right right
0: but uh it's a big thing in the south and i i live there because i was living in the city and i wanted to live near the beach and it was what i could afford but i remember even down there you know Girls down there were used to guys, and I'm not trying to stereotype the entire area of the Chesape- of Chesapeake, Virginia, or Chesapeake, Maryland, because <coughs> th- there's a Chesapeake, Virginia, and I, the guy I had on last week was actually from Chesapeake, Virginia, so I don't want him to hear yeah. this and think I'm talking about his area. But no, there was uh, ev- they were used to kids not going to college or maybe just working in local restaurants or whatever, driving a pickup truck or an old beat-up car that they inherited. So once again, it, it was just, I was different, and I, like I said, I don't know if it was the stars aligning at the time, but everywhere that I I went, I was able to see the area around me. And if it it wasn't just about women, though, it's what I, I don't I also want to. It was also about my just my whole persona, my whole personality. I'm not saying I was being a chameleon to where I was going, and I was just trying to be completely different than everybody else there. It also has a lot to do with where I grew up. I grew up in a very alpha town total new jersey a lot of italians a lot Yay, of catholics lot. <laughs> yeah no but i i go down to maryland and i'm the first italian kid they ever met or i'm the fir- so it's it, it just like you said it was it was a breath of fresh air and you know if you're in new york i know so many guys that do what you just said where it's hey i met this girl on tinder or i met her on match or i met her on okcupid or i met her at the bar i don't want to call her i want to I don't know if it's a game that they're playing or I, I just want to text her and say, Hey, meet me here. And if she doesn't meet me, I'll just text someone else that I met and say, Meet me here. If you also if you're really interested, and these are this is for the guys out there, if you're really interested in this girl, if she's hitting all the wickets that you have, which is another bookmark I wanna talk about.
2: I have a bookmark too. My mind is just going here. No, this yeah. is great. This is <laughs> great.
0: But it, I just lost my train of thought but uh, sorry if you if you actually take the time and say hey if if you live in the city and let's take a, a ride into Jersey let's let's go to Hoboken for the night or let's take a ride out to Bear Mountain or something that is such a breath of fresh air, as we talked about. But I did want to talk. Go ahead, Rachel. You can get, I know you have a lot going on over there. But I'm I do. just
2: thinking about how these New York City guys can differentiate themselves. That was one thing that I thought of before, because there's a lot of people that are in the same stage that are these like young, maybe 25 to 45 professionals, and they're in finance, a lot of them, and they get the cliche that they're just boring, and you know yes. they'll take a girl to the same restaurants in the Meatpacking District. So I try to give my clients little tips like how to make them stand out. One thing, just the transportation. Obviously, transportation is different in the city than it is in the suburbs that we're talking about. So a guy, I was just talking about this the other day, a guy can go out and he takes this woman on a great dinner. He spends a couple hundred dollars, nice restaurant. And and then at the end of the (laughs) date... if he's a typical New York guy, he just sends her home, like to go on the subway or maybe he hails her a cab, but it's so ungentlemanly. So my whole thing is I tell my clients, okay, you already spent $200 on dinner. What's another $20? Give her a 20 for the cab. Or call and her
0: a car. Or call her a yeah, car service. Uber. I mean, it's don't just the 20. gentlemanly right. thing I, I, to I, do. I don't know if I'd give her an Uber because some of these New York girls might take it and pocket it. They might take it. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But
2: it's it's the little things that they yeah. need to do to stand out. So I was, I was thinking that. This date sucked, I, I got
0: 20 bucks out of it.
2: And then. Okay, the other thing, where you're talking about how they're on Tinder or on Match or whatever, there are so many options in New York. It's the thing that everyone talks about, and it's like this paradox of choice. So the problem is, they're not that interested. I feel like no one is that interested in any one girl here, because they always know that there's someone else who's just as pretty and successful that can come along with a degree from a good school, so their interest level is really low.
0: And that that's a great segue because that's what I was. That's one of my other topics that I wanted to bookmark and talk about wickets like check, checks in the block. I knew I met a girl when I was twenty four. I wasn't dating her. I was dating her friend. She had an ongoing list of over a hundred categories that a guy had to. I'm not kidding. Over a hundred different wickets that a guy had to hit. Oh, no. I mean, he had to be over 6'1", under two hundred pounds, lean. He had to be of this descent. Had to go to this type of college, and. It was ridiculous. I, I don't know if she ever found a guy. Yeah, no,
1: I'm sure she didn't, actually. <laughs> I'd have one category for a girl like that. The category is alone. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Way too many unrealistic criteria, I'm sure.
0: And I think in the in a place like New York City where there's so many different avenues to meet people. I mean, if, from my perspective, I, I'm coming from, you know, let's just say living in a suburb town. It, you have to be creative because you're, otherwise you're going to meet the same people over and over again. But it, I feel like there's so much pressure to fill these wickets that people want to have where like you said they're on to the next one it's like okay she was 5'5 blonde 120 pounds went to an ivy league school works in finance but she chewed too loud at dinner next
1: and what, th- by the way what do you mean by wickets you keep using this oh
0: i'm sorry i'm sorry maybe that's a navy jargon term but check, <laughs> checks in the block <laughs> checks in the bo- okay i'm
1: sorry
2: i have the same question i just I'm went sorry. with it i was thinking that's i'm you a Criteria. In my pocket. i'm Check-offs, sorry i'm sorry
0: you know. check off check just uh, yeah, sorry about that. That's Sorry okay. for the Navy Journal learning new um, things Navy today.
1: podcast of well,
0: dating. Yeah. You
2: know what's really interesting, too? So even if the girl didn't talk with her mouth open or do something bad at dinner, if a guy didn't have, like, the best time with her and he felt like, oh, it was just okay, he might say at the end of the date, like, I'll call you. We'll do this again. And on the date, he might think, like, yeah, maybe I'll call her. But then he'll meet someone else the next day and the next day and the next day and never give that first girl a chance where there was, like, nothing wrong with her. But he just didn't have sparks.
0: It was just bad timing.
2: It, I mean, maybe not even. Maybe he just didn't have the most amazing time where his incentive was high enough to ask her out again. And it goes the same for women. I mean, they could think, you know, I had an okay time, but it wasn't fireworks, so I'm not going to go out again. It's like
1: every freaking person is at an amusement park, and they've got, like, a thousand rides. Exactly. And they're not just going to keep riding the same ride over and over again. Like, oh, look, here's the Space Mountain, or look, here's a you know, the tallest roller coaster in the the world. And everybody's got like these bells and whistles. Everybody like looks flashy and, you know, they're here for a reason because they're probably the best at something or they look the best or they're the most fashionable or whatever, so yeah, it's hard. And I think people don't stop and think like, what do I really want? You know, when it comes down to it, what is this about? Like, is it really about having as much sex as possible or is it about real human connections? And if you really care about actually having a real relationship, Doing that sort of amusement park dating is just the dumbest thing you can do as far as I'm
0: concerned. I agree. I, I agree, too, and uh, that, that was very well said. And I I also wanted to say we're talking about breath of fresh air and we're talking about being creative on dates or maybe causing those fireworks. And this is just a tip that I learned. Don't pull it out too early. Don't pull out those... What, wicket? Oh, <laughs> setting the bar too high. Setting the and bar. And you'll never live up to it. Well, not even that. Let's say... Let's say you meet a girl, and she's she's one of the, the best girls you've been out with in a while. So you, you've, you're, you're serial dating right now, whoever you are out there. And you meet a girl, and she's worth your extra time. Don't take her back to meet your parents within the first two weeks or the first month. Because I've seen guys do that, too. I've seen guys pull out all the stops way too early. And it wasn't even because that they set the bar too high that there's nowhere to go from there. But they've just gotten the girl so hook, line, and sinker that – if they weren't the one that they really wanted to spend a lot of time with they've they've done too much too early and now they can't get rid of them i've 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 seen that in the past as well
2: oh i've had like the opposite problem <laughs> so i mean in a sense i I've, I've dated people who were so amazing like in the beginning and they just pulled out these great dates, like going to the Hamptons and going to the five-star restaurants. And then I kind of start to, to question, am I just having fun and going with this? Because look at what yeah, a yeah. great time I'm having. Or do I really like him? And because I am really genuinely wanting a relationship, I stop myself. But it could be very hard to say no <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> when you're going on all these amazing trips yeah. and having a wonderful time. But as a woman, you have to say, do I like him? Or do I like what the he's experience. doing for me? So these guys kind of set themselves up for failure when they do that,
1: and I, I think that it, equal responsibility has to lie with both men and women, right? I mean, in terms of like how you're judging a guy, I think it's really important to pay attention to what it is that you're really interested in. Is it the experience? Like, I mean, because look, you could go to the Hamptons by yourself, right? You could go somewhere by yourself. You can go to Babo or like a nice restaurant by yourself or with your friends. Um, the most, I think, successful and interesting and awesome uh, relationships I've had. Um, One universal truth is we never did anything spectacular at the beginning. We just walked around and we talked. And it was the type of thing where we couldn't stop talking. Like we really wanted to know, what does this person have to say? What do they find funny? What's intriguing about them? What's quirky about them? And that's really where you start to fall for somebody, right? When you get to know, like, those little nuances about them, and you're not distracted by, like, oh, you know, what's the antipasti dish? Like, who the hell cares <laughs> about that? Yeah, I mean, that's just going to distract you from the, who this guy is. But if you're just walking around right. on a nice day and you, you find, like, hey, you know, that thing that he found funny, that's kind of weird. Like, what's that about?
0: And that's that's – the problem with that is, though, is because you're not meeting people so organically anymore. You're meeting people. on. You're not just having to bump into somebody at a party and then just start talking to them. I mean, it happens, but we're talking about online dating before the show. You're, you're putting an entire profile up about yourself, and you're trying to match yourself with another like-minded person. And you see, so uh,
1: this is my view about online dating is – that it really ought to be conceived of completely differently so that what I was talking about can happen, right? I agree. I mean, online—what da- what is online dating anyway, right? Everybody's trying to trick each other. It's a point. resume. Yeah, it, it was, It's a it's a bad a very resume. padded resume. Right. <laughs> right. With photos. It could be literally padded. <laughs> <But right>? Very <laughs> generous. <laughs> yeah. No. You absolutely. You should coin that, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Padded, yeah. padded resume. Like and so, like, a, you know, everybody, you got to be suspicious of somebody who has exactly the same angle for each individual picture, right? And so, nothing's below the neck. Right. And I hear things from women like a guy wearing sunglasses or a guy with a shirt off uh, from a certain angle, whatever it is. But uh, I think that people should be thinking about online dating differently. I think that they should actually even stop thinking of it as dating. Like, it's just meeting people, right? So you meet somebody. You have no idea whether you're going to get along with them. You don't know whether you're going to be attracted to them. You don't know whether you're even going to like them as just friends, right? Because you haven't met them in person. There's nothing that can substitute for that in-person meeting and the energy like that you feel with another person. So why not just think of it as it's not a big deal. Let's just meet up. I think and it's making
0: too much money at this point. <laughs> it is no, a billion dollar can, industry. It's a billion dollar industry, but you can still... <laughs> and then there's
1: people
2: like me. I, no, mean, but I, I write profiles for people on online dating sites, and I've gotten people married doing this, well, married for four years. So there's a whole industry around it. I'm Some guys need help. They would never know each, know about each other. I, I'm wasn't. not saying
1: <laughs> that people should not online date. I'm saying that they should adjust their expectations. Okay, so th- that, that. that's they fair. Should, yeah. They should go into it differently. And in this way, actually, I think that people will go on more online meetings because they won't get jaded. It'll just be like, look, I'm just meeting somebody. If it doesn't work out, not a big deal. I'm gonna play devil's advocate again. So,
2: I mean, as a woman, what is my incentive to just like meet these guys for coffee or something like that, you know? And to just meet them more organically, like you're saying. So now I'm a Brooklyn girl, I live in Brooklyn. It takes me (laughs) 45 minutes or so if I'm taking a train, or it could be very expensive if I'm taking a cab. And I have to get ready. Maybe I have to get a blowout. I have to put makeup on. I have to look good. And I'm gonna go to meet this guy that I know nothing about for coffee. And I'm in the market for a husband.
0: Do you Tell have, me how to, this do place
2: you
1: have to do all of that? Though? Let me ask you this. Exactly. Well, you gotta make right. a
2: great first impression. I mean, there's more women than men in this city, and it's so competitive. And like I was saying before, you're good-looking you enough. Oh, thank you. But right. if you don't connect with them on a first date, maybe you don't get the second date. You have to make a best impression. But I think it. that ties into what you to were feel saying. a spark
0: right, right but, away. I, but do you, well.
2: You guys are visual. Come on, look at that list. Yeah,
0: but you <laughs> know what? They
2: were not unattractive girls,
0: Nick. My, <laughs> I just want to touch about meeting organically really quick. The way I met my fiance, we met at a party. We met once when we were 16, once or twice. It's through a group of friends in a different town. Ten years later, we met through a different group of friends by chance that this time she went to college with. So just to recap, she went to high school with some friends that I knew, met her at a party. Ten years later, meet her through a different group of friends that she went to college with in Boston. She just happened to show up at this party. I remembered her from ten years ago instantly. I knew nothing about her. I knew nothing about her story. I just knew that. I thought – and I was – I had a date to this New Year's Eve party. I brought a girl with me, and I completely just – not pushed her to the side, but I saw Lauren from across the room, and I had to talk to her. And I don't want to talk too much about Lauren's story because she's not here, but it, it wasn't just physical. It wasn't because her hair was blown out. It wasn't, actually she looked completely not my type. She actually looked very Hispanic that night and she's Italian. <laughs> she had these gold hoop earrings, her hair, her hair looks, I've never seen her wear her hair like that again. But as soon as I started talking to her, there was a niceness about her. I could tell within the first minute and I was, you know, New Year's Eve, I was drinking I could tell there wasn't a malicious bone in her body. And I had never I had never felt that before. So what you said earlier, Steve, about not trying to impress off the bat, we had a very different relationship because I was moving to Virginia the next day. So here she is living in Hoboken, working in Jersey City. We have some kind of a tie. I, I, we barely know each other, though. I moved to Virginia. Well, a little recap of the story to make it interesting for you. We, I wound up making out with her in the bathroom, and then I you know, typical, you know, drunk Nick story, whatever. And I felt so bad about it because after this, you know, I made out with her after I had talked to her, I felt so bad. I don't know why I had this guilt the next day of, I just didn't treat her the right way because of how I said she was just so kind as a person. I found her through friends. I found her name out. I found her on Facebook. I wrote her a message and I said, listen, I just moved to Virginia, but I had never, I feel terrible for the way I treated you. I drove from Virginia, to New Jersey that next Thursday. You want to talk about setting the bar high. I drove 400 miles to say I'm sorry. And I didn't even know why. I, I had other girls that I could have went on dates with in New Jersey, Virginia. I was talking with Rachel at the time about maybe getting set up with different people, going through this little experiment. And I just was so drawn to her. And it, w- it started with that conversation and just that energy that you talked about that you cannot duplicate. I, and and here we are four years, f- almost five years later and we're getting married. and. I'm such an advocate for what you said about just meeting someone and having that energy. And I wasn't on my, I wasn't on my best behavior that night. I didn't look all that impressive. I didn't, she didn't know anything about me. She didn't know my resume, where I worked. She just knew I thought I was a nice guy, and we just clicked. And five years later, I feel the same exact way. So I, I'm an advocate for just that energy that you have.
2: I think that's such a great story, really. It's inspirational and everyone is probably listening and being like, oh, I I want that to happen for me and my friends and everyone. I mean, meeting organically like that, I think that's what we all would dream of and they had such history and it's it's just incredible. And online dating is not the way we really want to meet, let's be honest. Who wants to go through a profile and go through the blowout and everything? You know, you want someone as a woman to love you just for how you are and he did, you know, and saw that kindness and the inner beauty. But, okay, right. <laughs> again, devil's advocate. It doesn't happen that way for everyone. They truly have like a storybook romance here, driving 400 miles, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many people really do that? I mean, this is, this is unique. So for the people that are listening and they're like, okay, well, all my friends from 10 years ago were married from high school. I don't have any good friends from college. And they're working and they're, they're in a job and they're not meeting anyone. And, you know, how do they meet someone? They have to do this online dating or go to a matchmaker, or what? Go to bars.
1: I I just want to clarify help them? because I don't think we're in conflict here. Uh, I I agree that online dating is a good thing, it's a great thing, it's the best way, it's the most prominent way that people are meeting people nowadays. And if you uh, don't find yourself in a social circle the way that you might have if you went to college or whatever, or you're in college, then you gotta do it. All I'm saying is that we put up significant psychological barriers when we go on those online dates. We're guarded. Uh, we're not willing to be vulnerable we're not willing to look at somebody other than a list of qualifications and Mm -hmm. characteristics and if we just chill out and come in without so many presumptions about what it has to be then you might just actually like someone and you never know how you're going to like that person so i'm just saying when i've gone on online dates the best things that have ever happened are the ones that have been the most unexpected it's not like oh she hit all these wickets or whatever you're saying um, You're using it now, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, it's great. It's fun. <laughs> it has a nice ring yeah, to I it. Yeah, I like it. Maybe I'll join the Navy next. So... <laughs> Um,
2: but that's a great point Steve. I think it really is. I mean people are very vulnerable and they're crafting an image when they're going on these online dates and maybe that's why these dates are not leading to relationships because they're coming in with perceptions of others image and trying to control their own image exactly. and they're not just letting things happen organically. So maybe they could do that even with the online I date. think they could they the medium just that they're meeting. you know
1: chill out a little bit just like yeah. allow yourself to be if you're goofy, let yourself be goofy. You know, I mean, don't do things crazy, but and also like, just don't think like within the fi- first five seconds, like, okay, am I gonna marry this guy or not? Just relax, get to know him, like, see who he is.
2: We have biological clocks, though.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say. Yeah. I, I, I need to know. I'm just talking <laughs> I'm about the first, third, like, Go to my I'm own <laughs> five-star <laughs> restaurant. You know
2: what? What is very interesting that what what I was referring to before about knowing, you know, should I go out with this guy again because he's taking me on all these great trips. That was something that was very like 20s for me personally and for my friends. I think when a woman starts to hit 30, and a lot of my clients will speak to this as well, they start thinking, I don't have time to waste. I have to kind of pre-qualify a guy because I do want marriage. I do want a family. Really and quick, I, have to I just have to
0: stop you. You just use the word pre-qualify and I think of like Mortgages. I don't think of dating and I and
2: <laughs> look, marriage is not always sexy, Nick. You're about to learn this. Okay. I, think I mean you need a good life partner. And let's face it, there are some things that we know we cannot settle on. I know them. I have mine. They're not, you know, a hundred of them, like this other person we were talking about. But there's certain things that if a guy does not have those qualities, no matter what you say, I am not getting on a train for an hour, I'm not getting my hair done, I'm not going to meet him. But see maybe we'd have wh- chemistry, but if I don't see him for the future and I don't see that we'd be good life partners That's I don't want to waste my time.
0: Yeah, no, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, all I'm saying is that you're – I have two things I want to bring up about online dating. One, I think it's – there's so much pressure put on it because some – I'm not speaking for everybody, but if you've gotten to the level where you're like, okay, I'm going to online date, and we were talking about females in this case – you're probably at the point where you're ready to meet somebody, and you're putting a lot of expectations on these guys, or your your expectations are are set way too high because you, you've already exhausted all of your other options. Let's say you've you've had your social circles, you've went out with all of your friends' friends, or your coworkers' friends, or you've exhausted these options, and now, like you said, you're going to meet a guy online. You're going to have to get on an hour train, get a blowout. I I think that's. I think it's just a lot of pressure for the online. If you're if you're a guy listening right now, there's a lot of pressure out there. In the New and we're also talking about the New York City area, which is your market, which I completely understand. But I did want to bring up one other thing. How many times have you run into people online dating that because they can look up their name or their email address and then they can go right to Facebook or Twitter and realize how many people they know? Because I've had a lot of instances where I know somebody, a friend of mine, who met a girl on J-Date and then through looking up their name, realize they had five friends in common. And now you can vet them through the friends. Or maybe you can trick yourself uh, psychologically into thinking, well, Maybe we met met online, but really we met through friends. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, that's going on. Actually, Steve, maybe you want to bring this up. He told me about this mobile dating app called Hinge, which I know a lot of people here are on. It's not just in New York City. It's in other metro areas as well. And it shows you who your mutual friends are. So that vetting is definitely happening. And I think people like it. Because if I'm on there and I see that there's a mutual friend, the first thing I'm going to do is go ask the mutual friend, like, give me the dirt on the guy.
0: <laughs> see, I think that approach is so much better because what you're doing is you're – it's it's almost – okay, Steve and I, let's say, we're friends, and I want to, and Steve has cannot think of a girl that he would want me to date in his social circle. But then I meet her or I see her profile online and realize that they're actually pretty close, and then it clicks in Steve's head. Oh, my God, I can't believe I never thought to introduce you to her. It. it
1: Yeah, man. I mean, people are so lazy when it comes to introducing each other to other people. Like, you know, nobody goes out. It's almost like a no-win situation for most people. Like, you're going to introduce them. And if you actually are successful, they'll forget about you anyway. But if it's a bad experience, they'll be like, "Why the hell did you think I was gonna be good with this person?" So, people kind of don't do it. So this type of thing is actually perfect.
0: It's like the best of both worlds. It's okay. I've seen their profile. I like what they're about, and they have a mutual friend of mine. So we can meet. We can still kind of meet organically, where it's it's not a hundred percent where we bumped into each other at a at a bar or at a, a church event or wh- wherever you're meeting people. But you can set up a, a group environment so that you can see how the chemistry just kind of ignites and your guard or is going to be down more exactly and you're yeah go ahead, yeah i
1: mean you're basically going to feel like you know this is somebody who i at least trust on some level i know that this isn't going to be some kind of serial killer and people still go on dates thinking like this person could be a serial killer
0: or and now rachel when you if you're the girl in the situation you've done your hair you've gotten your blowout you've ridden the 45 minute train but you're not it, the night isn't a loss because you're also meeting up with friends right yeah, potentially I, I don't know I, I just I, I think that is a much better perspective of online dating if you can vet the people and it happened well that's kind of how we you know we realized we had the same friend in common right did you don't want to talk about that but I don't care, but clearly uh, whatever, Rachel's I mean. not on the list by the way uh, just Rachel's just. not on the list I, no. I hope I'm not
2: on the list no you are not on the list <laughs>
0: no but we had I this is a crazy story I I was down in College Park a guy I was in the Navy with got out and he was working at a bar bouncing Ch- was checking IDs and realized oh my god Ben. We went to high school together, so I became friends with this kid, Ben, in 2005. He was the first kid I ever met with a uh, HDTV to watch the New York Giants on, (laughs) and instantly became friends. Uh, At that time in my life, unfortunately, we don't really speak that much anymore, but Rachel wound up going on a date with him through her 92 dates, and (laughs) it was was just chance, you know?
2: So it's interesting because obviously I do matchmaking. Right. And it was hard for me to find a match and this company contacted me and wanted me to go on a reality dating blog and and follow my life because it's interesting to see what happens with the matchmaker. And that's how I met our mutual friend here, Ben. Right. I For the first time in my life and the last time, by the way, I did online <laughs> dating. And I mean that the last time. And we actually met on a date and we realized we had mutual friends in common. what
0: well, you just said the last time you'll ever online date. Oh yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I, clearly it's not something that you are well, an advocate for. Well I have my for. own
2: unique challenges. I am an advocate for it, but I'm not an advocate for me. I'm kind of undateable in the sense that I have the reality dating blog that we're wow. talking about. So
0: undateable. I will
2: tell you Nick, I've been on dates where guys showed up and literally read all of my 92 blogs and said, well, what happened with Mr. VIP?
0: So maybe you you should write under an alien like uh,
2: a
1: different name. Do you make it clear in the blog that they're all aliases?
2: Yes, that was very clear. Okay. I mean, the blog is long done. It's been done a few years, but I mean, it. And, and this isn't all to talk about me, obviously, but it is challenging when you're a matchmaker, when you have a psychology degree, <laughs> when people think you're you're psychoanalyzing them, your marriage and family therapy, your writing, your matchmaking. You have this whole database of guys, so I'm a little undateable right now. That's why, Steve, I know you were talking about the so show. Steve, That's remember, why I'm yes, considering no, the show.
0: Steve, we were talking about uh, farmersmeat.com, right? Maybe <laughs> oh, we need so to farm have un- oh, no. un- un- the undateables, right? No. We, we need to have a hey, website. Hey, wait, Farmers are, are
1: not undateable. Farmers no, no, no. We need to have desirable. a website dedicated oh, for
0: people who think they're undateable because of. Th- there's got to be more oh, like you. Oh, they have in the a
1: herp- herpes only website. Oh, Stop geez. it. Oh they do. I'm, Stop se- it. I'm serious. I've you heard want to look at? They're really good looking this. on that site. Not that I've joined it, but that's amazing. I haven't joined well, it. but it's they are probably good, good to
2: get that out of the way. Seriously, I mean, I'm sure that's something people really feel anxious about disclosing if they had an STD. Yes. And now that you just know that you both have it, so like, okay, cool.
1: But you can't join a matchmakers-only <laughs> site. That's the problem. Well,
2: I, I I don't know. I mean, right now, my whole married at first sight opportunity, I can't date anyone. So right. I'm literally undateable until I find out if I'm getting married. Like, I could be getting married in a month.
1: All right, you're bearing the lead By right Christmas. now. Christmas. I think that you have to explain <laughs> what yes, this is please, about. Yes, please, <laughs> please, please allow Not everybody knows what the show
0: is.
2: Well, everybody's seen the show on FYI. Well, not everybody's seen not it. Maybe no. you should explain you I, The You never saw
0: it The only reason I saw it was because uh, Lauren's cousin had a baby, and they knew a guy on the show and that's the only reason i turned it on so
1: wait okay so before you explain what it is uh i just want to give a a quick um editorial impression uh i know a lot of people have negative impressions of reality shows for good reason a lot of them are really super fake and a lot of them are super contrived um this i thought was a great show that was done very respectfully and actually confronted real issues that exist in relationships so why don't you explain what it is and how you might be on it.
2: Steve, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I love Bravo, and I don't want to say anything bad about Bravo because I'm considering doing some shows with Bravo as well, but FYI just seems to do things in much a more respectful way, and the experts that they chose on this show are really putting their careers on the line. I think there was a psychologist, a sociologist, a spiritualist, and a sexologist, and these are professional people Basically, looking to find someone, the partner for the rest of their life, and I think it's pretty cool because, like, say I really do this and lose my mind and Wait, allow. But you haven't
1: explained what actually happened. Because on the it's show.
2: terrifying to me. I'm gonna get married to a stranger when I see them. Just, at the give, this, altar. just yeah. give
0: the listeners a brief we'll synopsis of the show. Explain what happens Okay, on the guys, show.
2: that's what it is. If you haven't heard <laughs> about the show, it aired just I guess a couple months ago. It started, and they set up singles and put them on this show with someone that they've never seen before, and they agree to marry them at first sight at the altar. They stay together for a month, and they live as a married couple. And then as the month passes, they both make a decision. Do they want to stay together, or do they want to get a divorce or an annulment? And this whole time, they're undergoing psychological counseling and everything from all these professionals. So... (laughs) This is this is what I'm considering. Sorry, okay. Mom. I know this is not how you envisioned my wedding. No, but
1: you you should explain. Like, why is it that you're seriously doing thinking about doing this? Because I bet you some people who are listening will think like, oh, you know, she's. Went on these 92 dates. This is just another gimmick. But I know you, and I think that you're a great person, Thank and I can. think that you're doing this for a different reason. So I think you should explain like what what it is that's causing you to really be excited about this.
2: Well, I am. I'm not just doing this, or possibly doing this to get on TV. I think that there's plenty of other ways that I can get on TV. Why would I just marry? So- I mean, I want to marry someone, and I want to find the right person, and I actually believe it could work, especially for someone like me that I was just saying. There's challenges that make me undateable having this you know status as a dating relationship coach and a matchmaker so two of the three couples are actually still together six months later so I think if it worked for them hey maybe it can work for me I really do know my criteria so if I can tell them what I want and they can find this person, and this guy's gonna undergo psychological tests <laughs> before he even goes on a date with me. That's gotta be a good chance, right? As opposed to just randomly
1: meeting someone. But you know, I mean, part of what I think is so interesting about it and why it's not a gimmick is because the people who are going into it, I mean, imagine it was just uh, you know, a blind date show. Then, you know, if a problem came up or they got into an argument or something weird happened, they might just decide, yeah, this is not worth it. But this is different because these people are actually married and they're committed to actually trying their best to make things work and they struggle and i mean what are relationships right you have to struggle you have to go through those fights you get into these things and if you come out positively on the other side it only strengthens your relationships Mm -hmm. so ostensibly you would find somebody who had that mindset and was really willing to you know put up the fight in a good way right in, in order to make a good relationship
0: and, and my you know that's that's a great point too my, my parents have been married for they just celebrated 32 years
1: oh congrats so it's great
0: and if you want to talk about going i mean hell and back and they've been through those those peaks and those valleys and that's that's something that your parents are still married right they are yeah and that's something that you that's a value to you isn't it
2: right i mean obviously i'm looking for someone relationship oriented so if someone's willing to put themselves on the line in front of all of america going to be on this show i would hope that they're relationship oriented
0: yeah and and that's i mean that's doing right and they're doing i mean most of the legwork is done essentially the person you want to meet just by signing up you're you're more than halfway there right so i mean it's, it's something that was really important to me i mean you know i'm getting married now and I can't imagine getting divorced, and that's because of the background that I had with my parents staying married. So, someone else that has maybe the similar beliefs as you, that's willing to jump in, you're, I think that's I, I think it's I think it's a great concept. I really do
2: it's really intriguing the idea that you can meet someone in this alternative way we're talking about all these new ways like who's to say that it has to be this formula like why can't it work why can't you have a successful relationship after a month like why do people think oh you need to date for a year or two years you never know if both people are committed and they have the right qualities that make them compatible and they have the desire I think it could work so I'm doing it because I think it could work it's also really it could be obviously incredible opportunity for my career and it kind of goes with my whole brand of like putting my out on the line you know yeah, I did the blog now I'm doing this I'm, I'm willing to share my experiences because I think they could only help people
1: yeah I mean and I think that's a brave thing to do and I think that you really are sincere about finding somebody so that's awesome Thank and you. I mean look if, if you think about it also is it really that crazy like it's
2: pretty crazy well I I'm mean, not even gonna see the guy if you dial, dial I back have no for a a idea back he a second where like. is it
0: does it I'm sorry just I don't mean to be uh, I'm just naive about the show like Where's where are they from? Does it matter? Are they I, from I don't
2: know. I mean they so were all in New have York to mo- last time. No, New
0: York. But okay, continue. New York. Okay, that, that's yeah. that's a huge thing because something from being in the military.
2: That's
0: that's a big deal. It is. Because a lot of people a lot of marriages in the Navy and the military suffer because you're pulling you're you're mm-hmm. uprooting yeah. their lives and you're taking them from their career, their social circle, their family, their church. So if you can yeah. stay in an area that you're accustomed to, that you you have a leg up in that in that sense. Because if they're from the New York area, then that helps. Hopefully, they're not f- too far away on a train ride, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know the yeah, thing. I'm, st- I'm
2: moving back to Minnesota. But what if his parents are over f- these trains? But what, <laughs> if, what, are,
0: what, are, what? if his parents are from Alaska or Michigan, and now you have to? Uh, that.
1: Well, it's interesting. Both
0: of those places are good
1: places, by oh, the Steve, way. Yeah. But they're far. The but they are far, far. But, far, but they're awesome.
0: You only go there once a year. It's not a big deal. Well, so, Steve. It is impossible. we have my we have my family right in Totowa, which is 15 minutes west of New York City, and then we have Lauren's family, which is 45 minutes south of the city. Trying to figure out Thanksgiving and Christmas between the families is a constant uh, listen, debacle. I've
1: been through it before. It, it's a reality <laughs> just based on modern living. But I mean, if you find the perfect person, you're gonna work it out. And I think the reason why this isn't so crazy in my opinion, although of course it's crazy for obvious reasons, is I mean there's a school of thought that one of the major components of a successful relationship is commitment and dedication, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you find somebody who really from the outset is gonna be completely committed to making something work regardless of whether or not everything is, is perfect and in line, you know, maybe that's what you need to have a successful relationship in the past people didn't have tinder or match.com and all that right i mean you grew up in a small town like you married the guy who you knew all your life and and you committed to Arranged marriages in other countries like
0: i I was just gonna say arranged marriages it's not really a new thing i mean it's new it's It's old school it is i mean it's it's
2: we're bringing it back (laughs) in a different way
0: (laughs) on tv that's right bring it back
2: yes Yes, yeah. I mean, and it's what I do, too. I, I match other people up. So it's almost like if I don't trust someone else that they could find my match, isn't it almost hypocritical? Like, people trust me with their lives, there you go. and I set them up on dates. Granted, I don't say, okay, you have to marry this person right away. <laughs> Maybe you should. The stakes are a little higher. But I believe that others can objectively find that right person for you because, like, what we were talking about before, yes, we have our list, but sometimes you meet someone that you have that chemistry with, and it just trumps your whole list, right? That's right. And then you have that connection.
0: I guess my biggest fear is if I was set up in, in a situation like on the show and then I kind of had to make it work m- like to make it work like we we really put in the effort we communicated, we developed that passion and we we did everything that we could do to make this work and it's working and then I bump into somebody on the street and it's just fireworks.
2: Oh no
1: paradox of choice but again. that's gonna happen in
2: I'm just always temptation, temptation. I know. I'm just
0: playing devil's advocate that,
2: that's not my my fear honestly is that I would be like that girl Jamie that you were mentioning that you knew Lauren's cousin or Doug the husband oh right yeah my fear would be that I wouldn't be attracted to the guy right away and I'd like to think that I'm not that superficial of a person but sometimes I'm
1: that superficial.
2: Um, if the spark isn't there can you really get it
1: Well, well, but see, I think that the the reason why the first season was so interesting is because there was one couple. So two out of three couples work, which is a phenomenal success rate. But one couple, they were attracted to each other immediately. Uh, The second couple, the woman was a very beautiful woman. She was not attracted to her husband. Um, But after six months, you know, they did a reunion special. She was like 100 percent attracted to him and they seem like they're happily married. So And that was it's really kind nice of Interesting. To see like they really worked left. on it. Yeah. yeah, they worked on it and, and she changed, she became more vulnerable, developed like more trust and intimate connections with him and eventually it works. So it doesn't always work the same way, you know.
0: Right. I think your bio, Steve, should change to relationship expert. Yeah. You're giving me a run for yeah, my money. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are on fire today. I'm after yeah. your job. You are on uh, fire and your diction is great. I mean, you're just Sure is. And, no, you're, you're you should change your bio okay. next time. You, I think we need to have you on the show more often.
2: I think so.
0: Yeah. No, this right. is great.
1: From the peanut gallery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you? Uh, do you want to plug your websites? Um, do you want to plug your book?
2: I guess. I think you should. <laughs> you
0: do. Yeah. Valid information. Is, I, yeah, I okay. read your stuff. Wait.
2: Can you announce the award? I just one because oh, yeah, i yeah, don't want to say that. that that's actually really awesome it, it seems like it's so well, Steve knows it. what it I is. i know what it is i, I mean i i want to brag because i'm here on a show and i have an audience but you should say no it. it's it's a, it's
1: amazing actually you know so there are um matchmakers throughout the united states it's actually a pretty pretty big industry i'm sure like you know maybe some of you are familiar with uh the show millionaire matchmaker with uh patty stanger and um, there are just you know there are a lot of people like that out there um, people who uh, get all sorts of different kind of clientele and try to match them up. Now, there are no, uh, there's no higher concentration of matchmakers than in New York City. You've got a lot of rich guys, you've got a lot of rich women, you've got people who are willing to hire somebody. I mean, if you think about it, it's really like if you were trying to hire a CEO, what would you do? You would get an HR professional you would get a recruiter. So this, like, you know, if you're looking for a relationship or a spouse, like that's at least as important, if not way more important than something like that. So people think of matchmakers as essentially like an executive recruiter for relationships. Um, And, you know, you gotta be good. Okay, so the award that Rachel won is that she was named as one of the top 10 best matchmakers in New York. Is that right?
2: Actually, it was 12.
1: Twelve, okay. Top
2: well. twelve. I'll take it.
1: You might have been in the top ten. Who knows? They didn't
0: actually you have, rank them. You could have right? been number two. Number. <laughs> you could, could have been be number one. one. It, yeah. Well, why it wasn't really ranked. So ranked because, in order well, and because well, because well, because she made it a point to say the top twelve, not the That's top ten. That's right. Okay, so. yeah.
1: Well, I'm just saying. Okay. To be so
2: clear. look, I potentially mean, if, if they go one, to my website, they'll see the article.
1: Potentially one, possibly twelve, but probably in the upper echelon. But it, it was a huge honor, given how many people are out there, and I mean, really, I, I think people who who kind of just maybe don't think. Um, either much of the profession or, or don't really think about it a lot. Like It's a serious thing in New York, um, in a lot of other big cities, so it was a huge honor.
2: It is, and thank you for that, Steve. I didn't want to say it myself, but I have been doing this <laughs> for nine years, you you gotta yourself, man it's nice to be recognized, it is, and there were some talented people that were on the list with me, so... Um, Yeah, so I do matchmaking if anyone's interested. I do not charge the women. They are totally free. So they can be from the whole tri-state area. They should probably be willing to date in New York City. If you are interested or you have a friend that's interested, you can go to my website. It is just spelled like my name. It's rachelrusso.com. And it's spelled R-A-C-H-E-L-R-U-S-S-O dot com. On my website, you'll also see about my dating coaching services. So... I help people find relationships, I help them stay in relationships, and more recently, I also help them end relationships. (laughs) And I would like to just mention that I wrote a book which was recently published, and Steve knows about my book, and my upcoming book party. So the title is, it's a little bit of a mouthful, but How to Get Over Your Ex, a step-by-step guide to mend a broken heart, Italian-American style. And it is available on a bunch of different sites, Amazon, Barnes Noble, iTunes, Kobo, and it's going to be in a bookstore. October 18th, I'm having a book party, a book signing. It's at the Bookmark Shop in Brooklyn.
0: On my train right up here, I, I looked on Amazon, and there's only five left on Amazon. So.
1: Oh, thank no, you. That's great.
0: Yeah, that's great. R- Rachel, Steve. Th- this was has been a great experience uh, i think you two blend so well together this the, the conversation was so organic and i just want to thank thank you both for having you both on today um did you want to plug anything? Do you have anything that's going I on? I have
1: nothing to plug, but um, I, I think that you still have some things left to plug. actually. Yeah, go Rachel. ahead. Yeah, Rachel, please. Yeah, because you do Turn coaching. Right. Don't sell you do yourself co- short. You do coaching services too. Like I, I know he mentioned that at the beginning, but maybe you want to explain a little okay. bit more about what you I do Okay. I know. I just kind of threw
2: that in there. You're right. Yeah. So with the coaching, I do some image consulting, and oh, that's right. because you know it is important to to create that best first impression. I help people write their profiles. I even ghostwrite messages for them on the online dating sites. And If you're interested in ghosts. If you're interested in ghosts. I do a lot of a lot of different things really. Sometimes I feel like I'm more in a therapy session with a client and I have the background for that. I think that people need support in like finding that right person and staying with them. Sometimes it helps to get objective advice. So I work with couples as well. And I'm just really flexible. So whatever a client needs, I'll do. Nick, actually, I would like to mention, as you said before about going out and doing that kind of wingman thing, I have friends that I do that with. They're professional wingmen and it's fascinating. If you ever wanna join us, you're welcome to come. You have more to add to it now, being a man who's engaged than you did, like you said, five years ago. And it's fun to just be on a a fly on the wall and it's just, I enjoy doing that too, so.
0: That's great. And what's the best way to reach you? If
2: best way to reach me is, again, through my website. My email address is rachel at rachelrusso.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm very active there. My uh, name is just Rachel, R-I-C-H-E-L-T Russo. And okay. Nick, thank you for having us. This was a lot of fun. I wish you a lot of luck with this podcast. I think you're going to be great. And Steve, Steve. If I need someone to fill in for me, <laughs> you got me covered. This yeah. guy knows what he's talking about.
1: Right. I have an Instagram page with uh, 18 followers, so <laughs> maybe I'll reveal what that is at some other date.
0: No, I, would, I would love to have you guys on the show, and I, I can't wait to see what happens with your, with your TV career. If, keep oh, Keep you posted. I can't wait. Not just I mean, a career, a life.
2: A life. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if it's meant to be, it'll be. If not, it's okay but I'd like to at least get a chance. I made it to the third interview, so we'll see.
1: I have to say, like, I really, really hope that you make it on and that uh, you'll find the love of your, your life, but even if you don't find the love of your life, I still want to watch you on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs>
2: I mean, it's kind of a win-win situation, right?
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I'm
2: always, I'm a writer. I'm always going to have yeah. book material.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, imagine yeah. if it worked that you would have... That. documented on television the first time you met the love of your life i think that's actually incredible
2: yeah it is it would be a lot of firsts it's it's really actually terrifying like i said but it's really cool to just think that i'm being considered for this
0: yeah and, that, and that's great i i wish you the best of luck i hope to have you on the show again i'd like to i'd like to maybe do it on somewhat of a regular basis and keep in touch with the progress you should
1: have you should have people also write in questions uh to you know ask rachel and you um i'm sure you know there's so much conversation that happened during this hour or so uh, it would be great to to hear what people are thinking about and to be able to ask answer their questions and I- involve them because um, uh you know it's just three of us in a room talking I, i'd love to know what people think
0: Okay, yeah, and you can find I was just about to plug my stuff as well. You can on Twitter, you can find me at Nick Z podcast. That's N-I-C-K-Z podcast at well on Twitter. You can also email the show at Nick Zerpoli Podcast at gmail.com. That is N-I-C-K-Z-I-R-P-O-L-I podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook on Unzirped, U-N-Z-I-R-P-P-E-D. And we have a new logo, which I'm really proud of. I also want to give a, a shout-out to Fiverr.com. They, they made my logo for five bucks, and I can't... It uh, looks
2: great. Yeah, it's... it's, 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 it's why really, pay more? Why, why pay more? Why
0: pay more? Yeah, yeah pay And they're, hopefully we'll have a, a professionally done production intro and outro coming pretty soon. And, and just, we don't have to stop. I'm not going to stop right now because I did want to say something. This... I've known you so long, Rachel, and this is exactly why I wanted to do the podcast. You, I feel like I just know you a little bit better right now, and I'm just so proud of what you're doing. I, I think, I think this is. I want
2: to give you a hug. <laughs> I, I do like, it. do
1: it.
0: I, I, like I said before the show, I can't wait till that little check mark is next to your Twitter name. It means Aww. you're, you're verified as a celebrity because you're on the way. You're, you're doing great that things. That
2: means a lot. Thank you again, Nick.
0: And then I, I was able to build somewhat of a relationship with Steve today. I look forward. to You know to keeping in touch with you i think you have i think you just have a lot of insight and i can tell it's not just on dating i I think that you're you know you're just well versed in a lot of different areas where you could probably touch on almost any topic of any guest that i have on the show so i just want to thank you so much you you well exceeded my expectations of what you were going to bring to the show today i mean the show could have just been you it was incredible so um yeah we're going to close on that note and I, I hope everybody listening gets in touch with Rachel. And please send your questions to the email address or on Twitter. And if you found the show, then you've found my SoundCloud as well. I just forgot to plug that. That is soundcloud.com slash unzirped, U-N-Z-I-R-P-P-E-D. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All
1: right. Yeah. Awesome. That was fun.